Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. For this episode, it's a conversation with Jody Cohen, the gal behind VibrantBlueOils.com, an essential oil company. You'll hear some great at-home remedies you can do for stress, and you'll also be blown away by her personal story and how she has coped. You'll get to meet her right after this. Hey friends, I am so excited to introduce you to a new sponsor of the Lisa Fisher Said podcast and a fairly new business in Central Arkansas, and Central Arkansas diners have been ready for Jess's Chicken. Yeah, Jess's Chicken there. And that was the old Kmart parking lot, remember? Shopping center. Now there's Premier Gastroenterology right there on Rodney Parham. And this is the business run by the Bubbises, the same people who bring you David's Burgers, the same people who've been in the restaurant business a long time. They know customer service. They know outstanding products. And they did it this time with Jess's Chicken. If it's chicken you want, they've got it. The savory or sweet chicken salad, the kids' chicken nuggets that you can get, the snack combo. I'm looking on their website right now. You can download the menu, see what I'm talking about. And those of us who are particular about what we eat, the chicken salads are gluten-free. Just had one. I had the savory, but I'm going back for the sweet. The nuggets and the breaded chicken sammies, all dairy-free and egg-free. Those are things you need to know if you're looking for what's perfect for your family to eat. You will love eating at Jess's Chicken. You'll love knowing you're helping a Central Arkansas family and the families who have their kids working there. And you know that it is five out of five stars from Lisa Fisher at Lisa Fisher Said. Find out more by going to their website, jesschicken.com. Hey friends, you know, if you've heard my podcast at all, I talk a lot about health because I'm a certified integrative nutrition health coach and health means a lot to me and I want your health to mean a lot to you. You know who I use to help me with these things? Because you know, it takes a village. I've got my girls over at Cornerstone Pharmacy and Compounding. Yes, a compounding pharmacy that can help you with bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. They've been in the hormone replacement business more than 20 years. Brittany's there. You'll meet with Allison. What you can do is just go to the website. This is the simplest thing to do. And when you go to the website, guess what? You get a 20% discount when you type in Lisa. Isn't that cute? Uh, on the code, you know, you get the little coupon code there, you'll see, and you'll go to compounding at cornerstone.com. Now the link is in the show notes. So if you're driving, you can't get to it. I got you on this. And what you'll do is order, I think, of course, my attorney wanted me to remind you, this is not medical advice, but I think you should get either the Dutch test. It's a dried urine test or the saliva test. And then when you get your results back, you'll meet with Allison. Brittany Marsh is the owner, but you'll meet with Allison and then they can help you. If you have a provider, great. If you don't, they can, especially in Arkansas, help you with a provider. But anyone listening across the great United States of America, they can help you. Find out more by going to their website, save that 20%, start feeling better today. Thanks to our friends in West Little Rock at compounding at cornerstone.com. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Okay, watch how this goes. I've got a new best friend because uh, she loves intermittent fasting. She eats weird like I do. 
And now we're all going to talk to her. Jody, tell me how you got involved, though, in essential oils. So what, what was the genesis of that? You know, necessity is the mother of invention. I got into nutrition because my husband at the time was bipolar, you know, and so they put them on lithium and the kidneys sometimes complain. Yes. And so that was going on. And then um, my younger child was not as easy as my older child. He had very little impulse control. Uh, He couldn't, you know, we would point to our nose and say, look at my nose. He couldn't look at my nose. And one day we were at a birthday party and a good friend observed that he, his personality changed after he ate something. Mm -hmm. He was being really well behaved and then he kind of got spazzy. And so she suggested I take him to a nutritionist because her brother was on Ritalin his whole life. And it turned out he was just allergic to weird foods. So I was motivated by both my ex-husband and my child to find a nutritional therapist. And when we did, it changed both of their lives. My um, husband got healthier and my son could all of a sudden look at my nose and stay calm. And I was so blown away because I just thought it was my parenting. And I had read every parenting book, taken every parenting class, and it turned out just removing inflammatory foods from his diet made a big difference. And so Mm -hmm. I went back and got a degree in nutritional therapy and was trying to help other moms, you know, with challenging children. And uh, because I live in Seattle where there is Bastyr, I wound up taking a muscle testing class, which for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's just a really easy technique where you either touch a, a person or a child or have someone proxy you and touch the person or child. And you can kind of ask yes, no questions to gather more information about what's out of balance. And that's fantastically helpful when kids are, are busy and zoomy. And so I was doing that. And then um, my husband, you know, bipolar, you're either up or you're down. And he kind of went really far down to the point where I was worried that he was going to die on my watch. And so we moved him into a residential treatment facility. And once I knew he was safe and it wasn't my job to keep him safe, it was like, you know, a 10-year wait was lifted, but all of a sudden I ran out of gas and I was exhausted. I could not get out of bed. My kids were five and seven uh, and I was a single mom and I had a full-time job. So I would wake up with them, make them breakfast, pack their lunch, take them to school, come home, crawl back in bed and set the alarm for pickup. And I kept trying, you know, I knew my adrenals were exhausted um, and nothing I was doing really seemed to help. And fortunately, I had a good friend. I just helped her with a big fundraiser before this kind of went down the downward spiral. And as a thank you gift, she gave me a big box of single essential oils. And as she was dropping it off, she said, you know, these might actually help you because you have been so chronically stressed, which is chronic cortisol. And we know chronic cortisol causes chronic inflammation. I bet your gut is such toast that nothing you're ingesting is actually helping you. So you know, because oils can get through the nasal passageways and help the brain and get through the skin, this could actually work. And that was, um, you know, such a, I I, I was kind of feeling so uh, unhopeful. And that was kind of this wave of hope, like, oh gosh, maybe there's something I hadn't thought of that I muscle tested it and just made my own blend. I basically, normally I'm able to narrow something down to like one remedy and I kept getting the same five, which confused me until it occurred to me, oh, wait a minute, they're liquid. 
I can combine them, you know, and being new to oils, I went in my kitchen, grabbed a shot glass and just kind of tested, uh, you know, five drops of this, three of this, put it on my low back where I knew my adrenals are located and felt my, like myself for the first time in weeks. So I was like, oh, I could go run. I could go clean the house. I can go to the supermarket. And I just kind of kept experimenting and making things up. And then once I started feeling better, some of my friends were like, oh, we want to try it. That's really intriguing. And so they were trying it and it was working for them. And the nutritional organization that I kind of studied with had um, an annual conference. And at that point, it was maybe $200 to be a vendor. And my background was marketing. And so my friends were like, you should do something with this. So I thought, okay, this is, you know, a pretty easy focus group trial test. So I just put together, you know, a test kit. I made 100 test kits because I knew there would be like 200 people, 300 people attending. And we sold out in the first two hours. And And what year was that? That was in 2013. Okay, so let's go back to, uh, because as a health coach and as a woman who's walked, you know, we've all had carried the burdens on our shoulders of our family members. So with that, I'm thinking of the self-talk you told yourself because you thought you were a bad mother and wife because you had two people behaving outside of conventional, outside the norm, which is really all families are outside the norm. We only see the Instagram photos and that's our highlight reel, right? So, (laughs) but it's true. So really, yeah. you were dealing with things that a lot of people deal with, Jody. So yeah. how did you, the first thing you had to do, because our adrenals also react to negative self-talk. Yeah. So that was one hurdle. And then you had the other hurdles of um, a son and um, a spouse who yeah. you had to get healthy. So did you get healthy first or did you get hubby and son healthy first? I Well, that's a wonderful question. I have always been fairly healthy. Like I've always exercised. I've I always know, but eaten too much well. cortisol can make oh. a perfectly beautiful woman who's vibrant dying on the inside. Um, you know, it, what's fascinating about that is that you know that that idea, like I'll sleep when I'm dead. Like I was such an overachiever, go getter, go 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 go, and in a weird way, the cortisol didn't affect me until it did and then it's so it over. wasn't then yeah, yeah then yeah you are, then you all are almost dead <laughs> yeah and so in in hindsight i don't know that i and i'm so sympathetic dominance which means that i just manually override everything i don't know that symptoms presented until it was like adrenal collapse yeah i think that's really common with women especially i'm seeing too so in our 20s and 30s we could spin we were spinning plates. I think we spin more in our 40s and 50s, but we don't have the hormonal disadvantage of dysregulation in, right. until until after you've had birth the child, then sometimes autoimmune conditions pop up yeah. and some other things. So you probably did handle it better younger. It's just that it's a house of cards. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't I didn't know that I was playing with an unstable house of cards. I kind yeah. of thought... You know, because I had been lucky and and successful, and so it was fairly easy for me to just try harder, research more. You know, right. get up earlier, right. go 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 go, work out more, and so eat better. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and it yeah, then it doesn't really work. Well, let's talk. I, I think it's fascinating. Then, so did you start the blends on your husband at this point? 
when you he was he was in a residential treatment facility i guinea pig everything on myself first okay like i'm always the, kind of the, my what was first... your first what's the first go-to what's you in essential oils 101 besides my bottle of lavender here I'm, yeah i'm going through my bottles that i have right here in serenity what are the what are the two or three everyone should have well, for singles, I mean, lavender is amazing. What what I kind of play with is this idea that blends are slightly different than singles. And I'll give you an example. So my go-to is um, our blend that I call parasympathetic. It's clove and lime. Oh, and so what I'm doing with it, yeah, it's um, so it gets a little complicated, but I'll try to simplify okay. it. The reason one of there are physiological reasons that we experience stress and right. the, the primary one is safety and survival oh sure our our autonomic nervous system which controls our automatic functions breathing heart rate blood flow all of those things is basically designed to keep us alive so it be it a lion chasing us or we turn on the news and you know think we're all gonna die or right. whatever's going on our nervous system shifts into the paras or the sympathetic branch and sympathetic is survival. So blood is routed to our extremities so we can either fight back and flee. Everything not critical to survival is shut down. And this is what happens in the wild, right? The gazelle sees the lion, it runs really fast, it mobilizes sympathetic, it outruns the lion, and then it shakes and resets and kind of shifts back into maintenance parasympathetic branch of the nervous system where you can digest your food and assimilate your nutrients. Um, you can detoxify, you can anti-inflame, your immune system turns on. And one of the sad facts of modern life is that so many of us don't shift into relaxation. Right. We just stay in sympathetic and it could heightened, be- Always heightened, right? Always mm -hmm. up here. Exactly. Anticipatory thought-driven stresses because our body doesn't know the oh. difference between, you know, Oh my gosh, I'm I'm afraid of this virus, this relationship, this financial situation, you know, fill in the blank, or um, there's actually a lion chasing me down the street. And so we basically kind of downregulate all of our maintenance and regenerative functions. And it, just like me, it works until it doesn't. Yeah. Like it's kind of like, you know, the gas tank, it's full until you hit empty. And if you're not replenishing along the way, uh, you hit empty faster and so what i do with oils is i use them on specific target like acupuncture points reflex points to help kind of shift the body into balance or homeostasis so the gear shift between this kind of survival sympathetic gauge and safety parasympathetic gauge is your vagus nerve it's the longest nerve in the body that most people have never heard of cranial nerve number 10 many ways to kind of activate it as a gear shift but it literally connects the brain to the body so it starts at the back of the head splits is most accessible if you feel with me behind your ear you're going to feel a bone that is yeah. your mastoid bone yeah that's where the vagus nerve is the thickest and most accessible to the surface i thought it was in the and abdomen they, is it not in the abdomen? it does it, it then winds through the throat the heart oh. the lungs the abdomen it's like a, every oh. organ of digestion okay. detoxification right. Right, right, right. but it's harder to topically access it through the abdomen and so there's actually a surgically implanted device, like a pacemaker-like device, yeah. that the FDA has approved for epilepsy, migraines, and diabetes oh, wow. that's at that point. So, you know, the surgery works. It's invasive and complicated. Very. You have two surgeries. You have a battery. Right. It gets, needs to get replaced. Right. Or 
you can just take a, you know acupuncture needle or a stimulatory oil like clove and lime, put oh. it on that point, and it literally works as a gear shift to kind of shift you into parasympathetic. So that's why through massage, I think, then you're just massaging the area. You can massage it. You can just put a, a little dab, like you might with perfume. Oh. Uh, there are many ways. None of them are wrong. It's really personal preference, but. What I love about that is that, you know, people used to tell me you're stressed and I would think, well, you know, I could get a massage, I could go to yoga, go to the spa, but then I still need to go home and cook dinner and clean the house and get the kids. It's not like my life, you know, pauses and the stress goes away and it's not like I'm going to quit my job or fire my children or get a divorce, although I ultimately did. But at that point, I wasn't ready to do that. So even though your world, the world around you can feel kind of stressful and, and scary and out of control you can control your response to it. You can control your physiology. Did you know that there is a connection to between, um, and so, uh, you know, I, I haven't turned the news on since March 10, 2020, because I had to protect myself. And the last few days, this is in September of 2022, we've had some bad news in Arkansas and really all over the country. I'm just, it's, it's, such, a, ugh, it's such a mess. That my husband told me yesterday, quit, he said, turn the news off. I go, I don't watch it. He goes, get off your device because your device has news and so a friend told me that there is a dopamine hit when we even get bad news because i guess yeah. it hypes us up and they yeah. say we get addicted to the dopamine hit of yes even bad news so what yes. is something with the clove and lime then help that calm down yeah the, the constant yeah. barrage of this candidate, this political part. I mean, it's it's everybody. I mean, everybody's an enemy of everybody else now. And I know. It, it and the news feeds on that. Yep. And it's very divide and conquer. And social media sees who you follow and what you like, and they will either poke the bear and show you the other side to make you mad, or show you your side and make you think, well, they're all idiots because everybody thinks like I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's an example that I think people can relate to. Like, you know, we all drive cars, right? And there are times when someone cuts us off and we kind of don't care. Right. You know, we're not in a hurry. We like the song on the radio. The sun is shining. We're all good. Yeah. And there are other times the exact same situation where someone cuts us off and four letter words are flying out of our mouths. And we don't even know why. We're like, wow, I'm really upset. I'm really, you know, ready to rumble. And the only difference is you. And your physiology in that moment, mm. you know, for anyone who has blood sugar issues and gets hangry, you know, you go to the restaurant, you're starving, you could eat your arm, and then suddenly the appetizer comes and you feel better. So I think that the goal is just to, when you're feeling better, when you're not upset that someone cuts you off, when you have that appetizer and you kind of feel like yourself again, that's what we're going for, is kind of that state of regulation where your nervous system is fine and so you're more resilient, you know. Someone could uh, kind of uh, say something that's insulting and you're able to just be like, oh, I wonder what's going on with them, you know, and not react Mm -hmm. or respond. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's really the goal. And when and when you're regulated and balanced, you're not as reactive and responsive and you don't need that dopamine. hit. You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, you had your full dinner and someone comes with dessert and you're like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. It doesn't matter. You're, You're flexible and adaptable. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Now, for the husband who is in the facility, he obviously had to have long-term treatment because bipolar disorder is can be is a very serious disease, and yeah. it is treatable. 
So you all divorced, which is stress, more stress for you. Yeah. But then, so we'll move on. And then your son, how did you start dealing with your son? What was the, what were the triggers for him that he couldn't even look at your nose? For him, it was corn, soy, and dairy. So we changed his diet. And then I did a lot of, um, you know, there's that whole theory of thought that if you walk too quickly, like he was running at 10 months, your kind of primary reflexes don't integrate. So I did a lot of uh, kind of natural, you know, crawling, balancing. I basically did everything I could think of. And he was um, he was great for a while. I don't know if you know. Uh, so my husband got out of um uh, the you know his his depression seemed to be under control we divorced and then um he was driving my son and a couple of his friends to go whitewater rafting there was a car accident where my son and two of his friends were dot killed so my husband is now in prison yes okay yes. give me a moment no i i, <laughs> I didn't know your story yeah, yeah. So my daughter's fine. She's now in college, but my son. How um, old is not. would your son have been now? He was killed when he was twelve. He would have been sixteen now. Wow! And you're upright talking about it. Okay, that's the ultimate stress test. Doing yeah. the thing we all say we never want to do: bury a child, but also have yeah. an ex-spouse that is culpable, is responsible for yeah. that. <sighs> Jody, how did you get through that? Uh, one day at a time, yeah. one moment at a time. Yeah. And what, what's really interesting, like um, there's this Viktor Frankl quote, you know, the Holocaust survivor Viktor Frankl in Man's Search for Meaning talks about between the stimulus and the response, there is that space. And in that space lies our power to our choose our response. And in our response lies our freedom. And so every moment, it was, it was so much more intense than I'm even sharing, like, there were other families involved. Yeah. There were multiple lawsuits. There, it was in the local paper three times. It was uh, a lot. And and at the same time, my daughter. It was the week before she started high school. And um, I'm so like, it's you know this what? Time of year. It was August, September. Uh, August twenty seventh. Yeah. Mm. And so I just, I think, uh, honestly, I'll, I'll tell you what the the short answer is. When something comes along that could take you down, you have to decide, is this going to kill me? Is this the hill I'm dying on? And if it does, you know, you'd lie down and die and God bless you. If you decide, no, this is not what is going to kill me, then you have to literally figure out how to chip away at the iceberg. Like, okay, I'm not dying. I see where the goal is. I'm not quite sure how to get there. But today, you know, just for today, I'm going to, um, you know, clean the house, walk the dog, whatever, whatever it is, put my sneakers okay. on and like take a step outside. And so, but in order to have the cognition to take those, you know, baby steps, bigger steps, you have to not be paralyzed and you have to not be overwhelmed. I know, so but the science how, of, how do you do that? That is what I was trying to, it, it's stimulating the vagus nerve. Wow. It's stimulating the vagus nerve to activate parasympathetic and what people don't realize is that a lot of that maladaptive thinking, you know, the fear-based thinking, the victim mentality, it's all in the reptilian brain. So when you think survival is at stake, you actually can't access your problem-solving functions because, you know, if you're contemplating the meaning of the universe, when the lion's chasing, you're going to die. So it, it shuts down your access to your prefrontal cortex, which is your executive function. So when you are able to shift out of survival, sympathetic, 
into safety, parasympathetic, okay. all of a sudden you see possibilities. You know, the opposite of I do not feel safe is I have choices. But you can't access choices when you're in survival mode. So you have to literally calm your nervous system. And there are many ways you can do that. Oils is one of them. And kind of shift into like, let's brainstorm. Let's see options. Let's, you know, like I could um, make coffee. I could walk my dogs. I could like go binge a show. You know, like there are lots of choices that I have. And once you feel like you have choices, it's easier to make a choice. And then make the next choice. So is it the what about Bob theory of just baby steps? Yep, exactly. I mean, not to overuse a term or cliche, but it it that those days of dark grief, even unloading the dishwasher, a friend once told me was like climbing Mount Everest until she could get out because she had buried a child until she could get over the hump. And then the next day. So I guess it's making small goals every day. So did you know going through that, you'd already had your essential oil business for however many mm-hmm. years at that point. Did yeah. you know that that was going to be your first course of therapy? Did you know that they no. would really help you? No? No. It's. I mean, it's interesting too, because there, there are definitely times, no. I mean, I had oils that I research showed worked for grief, but for me, grief is different for everyone. Right. For me, it was almost like a Charlie horse in my heart in the mm-hmm. middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Like I would wake up and I couldn't even breathe. Mm. I I couldn't, it felt like I was going to die. And so what I started doing was kind of testing things, right? You know, it's like when, when you have a cold and you buy everything in the cold and flu aisle and you're like, this one doesn't work, but this one does. Um, so the one that helped the most was rose essential oil, or we have a, a lung blend and I would just put it over my heart. And it was the equivalent of if you have a Charlie horse and your calf is spasming and you kind of stand up and put pressure on it, it goes away. Like it becomes manageable. So I just kept trial uh, trial and erring. And I'm, I'm pretty meticulous. I kept a journal. So I had actually two journals. I had the journal of things to avoid. And I had the journal of things that worked. And I just, you know, like if something, even people, if I would spend time with someone and I, they would make me feel horrible, I would just kind of like give them grace and give them space. But that's so good to put them on the do not fly zone, (laughs) you know, for your heart to keep them away. We have to protect ourselves. Yeah. And, And we feel selfish saying that, but come on. Lisa Fisher here with really big news for our friends at AcolsCarpet1.com. You've heard me talk about them many, many times. And this is for October 2022. I tell you that because sometimes people will hear this in a year or two. But right now, this month, folks need to know the new store is open. That's right. They completely redid the store in North Little Rock. That is technically North Little Rock. You and I call it Mall because it's Mall Boulevard. But it is where Richard Akel and his team went in, redid all the areas. You want flooring? They have it. You want cabinets? Got that too. Do you want anything carpet? They have that too. That's the thing about Akel's Carpet One. Richard Akel has a buying power that's better than your friend's store's buying power. That's how he beats the big box store prices. And you'll go in and you'll probably see an Akel when you're there. Check out the new store or the new and improved store in North Little Rock, two other locations, Little Rock and Sherwood, but definitely go to their website and start saving money today, acolscarpet1.com. And so during, especially your grief, 
is, and again, grief is unique for everybody, I understand, but yours was complicated. Oh, it was super complicated, like uh, to levels that I'm still integrating years later. An ex-husband alone, when when, uh, divorced parents have to bury a child, I can't imagine the difficulty in that, but yours had a criminal angle to it, and you had to deal, I mean, did, did you go to the trial? I did wind up going to the trial because we have a child right. together. That's what I'm saying. And you, my you... and my child um, loves her father oh, and wow. kind of wanted the best for him. And so uh, I made a statement. I've never actually, it's interesting, um, the other families have, you know, written obits and done things. And I was very private. I really didn't want it in the paper. So yeah. I've never said anything publicly. And I was a little bit. Um, surprised that uh, the the paper did quote uh, what I said at the trial, but the point was basically that it I felt it was an accident. I mean, he he made some poor choices, um, but I don't think there was any malicious intent, and I don't think that was the outcome he wanted. Well, I, I was assuming it was a criminal trial because if he had prison time, because in a civil trial you it just was, have a, it was, a penalty. Well, there there was a wrongful death oh, lawsuit okay. that was a civil trial, okay. and then he was charged with vehicular homicide because the biggest issue was um, the boys weren't wearing seatbelts at the time of death. I think what happened wow. is um, one of the children uh, was quite late. And they had to be there at a certain time. And they, the plan originally was to leave at 10, get there at noon, have lunch, and then white water raft at 1. And uh, the, this child, didn't they didn't wind up leaving until 11. So I suspect what happened is they stopped along the way and got snacks. And that my ex was um, obsessed with time because some of the choices that he made, I think, had to do with trying to save time. Uh, and the boys got back in the car and he... It, Sure. Either didn't just check careless, or didn't right. notice. It just happens. Yeah, yeah. And there were twelve-year-old boys. It just happens, and they were they were probably like, "I'm fine." Um, did the were there other fatalities then? The other boy. Yeah. So that yeah, was. There the, th- I guess that's who would chart make the claim. Of yeah. The, or the. Yeah. Yeah. The, there were there were three other family. Yeah. Well, hmm. uh, there were three boys in the car. Okay. One of them survived, but the whole community was involved. Yes, I because these boys were. Um, popular i understand i'm sorry for your grief um and uh that that's a tremendous loss that not a lot of people can say they've experienced but (laughs) it's not a competition i wouldn't wish that on anyone i love that you even laughed when i said it because (laughs) i I didn't you know you have to do it to cope but um you're impressive in the way that you are able to recount the story and again i just knew you as the essential oils lady i mean i didn't know you had that so well, and I mean, what's what's fascinating to me at, at this moment in time on our planet is that it feels like, um, you know, a lot of people are struggling yes. with a, a variety of things. Yes. And I kind of feel like, uh, you know, I do crash test dummy myself. And so I know what. I know what helped me, and then it's been intriguing to observe, you know, uh, it doesn't need to be a situation as bleak as mine. Like, you know, what what I kind of stumbled into seems to help a lot of people. And so that's what I really feel called to share is you have options, you have solutions, right. you know, you don't just need to um, feel disempowered. Then how did you help your daughter grieve just you know, as a mom yeah. and, and an ex-wife and all the things. 
I mean, the, the main thing, the thing that I'm the most grateful for, um, we did EMDR early to like integrate the, the trauma because, and, and I will say, I think that is incredibly important because she has some close friends who kind of were on this journey with her who didn't. And so if you're constantly, you know, recounting how yes. you found out and, yes. and it's almost like being re-traumatized. Yes. And it's, it's the it's dopamine harder. hit too. I mean, it, it, yeah. there, there's something in that in telling your story. And so yeah. EMDR is just a type of therapy that I know not a lot of therapists. It's, a, it's an eye tracking therapy. Oh, okay. It's the idea if you ask someone to uh, make up a story, they kind of look up and to the right. If you ask them to recall an old memory, they look up and to the left. And so it's the idea that um, your brain kind of has a filing system. And like the reason that your eyes move back and forth when you're sleeping is you're filing away the information oh, from the day. And so sometimes traumatic events don't get properly filed. And so it's almost like that loose nail on the floor that you yeah. constantly are like tripping over. And so by having you kind of think of something while it um, it's either, you know, it could be a finger, a stick, could be like a computer mm -hmm. program, your eyes go back and forth. And so it helps you to like fi properly file and integrate mm. that trauma so that it's not constantly um, causing re-triggering. So that was... Honestly, the best thing and and doing that early is um, super important. My daughter was not. Uh, there are very few things that I basically said, like, I am the parent. I'm overriding you and we're doing this. Mm -hmm. And that was one of them. Good. Um, and then the other things that we did, it's interesting. She finally let me read her college essay and it talks about it. I think because we're both overachievers, it's very easy. We we did a lot of. Um, keeping ourselves so busy that we didn't need to feel mm -hmm. and so distracted, mm -hmm. which, uh, you know, obviously is not ideal, but it was helpful at the time because I do feel like you need to kind of titrate any kind of pain. Mm -hmm. Like you can't just drink from the fire hose. Mm -hmm. You have to find a way mm -hmm. to distract and turn it off. And so I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, and then over time we just, we kept just trial and erring, you know, like the, the biggest thing was we took a lot of walks outside that really seemed to help. Um, we allowed ourselves to feel our feelings when they came in. You know, we both have exceptional friend groups who were okay. really supportive. And we also allowed ourselves to feel happy. And that, that was an interesting uh, experience with certain people in my life. Whenever I would feel happy, they would almost want to shame me. Like, oh, you're supposed to be upset all the time. How dare you feel happy? And I'm like, we're not a fit. Like, I can't <laughs> live the rest fit. of my life and never be happy you're again. Right. Like good like and thank you yes you're not a fit yeah okay so uh grief recovery then um if you go back to the parasympathetic and the vagus nerve you whip out yeah. i mean you have rose on your heart yeah which i think is so sweet i call it ground center shift is basically what i uh, kind of the the method so grounding to me you know it can be walking outside there's certain essential oils okay. that um have deep roots in the earth like vetiver cedar wood mm -hmm. frankincense is good you can put them on the bottom of your feet you can smell them or the parasympathetic and basically what i find that does is it centers you like remember that example of people cutting you off in traffic it puts you in that state that someone could cut you off someone could write something inflammatory on social media you know, something outside of you could happen and you feel okay and you're not destabilized. You're like, oh, that's interesting. You know, and you're able move to. On. Just move on. Yep. Yeah. 
Exactly. And so that's that's really the primary thing is grounding and then centering, getting into your heart space. And that's where the discernment sets in. Because so many of us, you know, that are raised to be pleasers, like, oh, whatever you want, oh, we're good. You know, and we, my friend calls it like, I got the baby and the groceries, you know, like oh, you've got totally. something on each yes. arm and good luck closing the trunk right. with your like elbow mom, or foot, Every maybe. mom can understand that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and so it allows you to say, like, you know what? Maybe I don't need to carry everything at mm-hmm. once. Maybe maybe I can ask for help. Maybe I can receive help. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can take things one at a time. Maybe I can give myself a little, you know, mini break and, like, I don't know, watch a stupid reality mm-hmm. show or something because it just is mindless and kind of like cotton candy. Like, I, I think it's just discernment is important, and especially for those of us that, Um, don't discern like just spend our lives feeling like we have to please everyone Mm -hmm. else and it never even occurs to us to think like hey we can take a beat for ourselves to give yourself permission yeah yeah so in your overachieving self then how have you been able to uh just kind of idle sometimes how how do you how do people like i'm not an overachiever i'm here for the party and the free chick-fil-a i'm i'm telling you that you know like i'm always up for fun but overachievers, and we need you because that's how things get done in this country. But how do you give yourself permission then to just idle? I think having a child forced me to do that because I think what what I did honestly was she always came first. Like it, I could be in the middle of something, an important meeting, and I would just drop it and yeah. like I'd show up for her. And, and how does she sit know? With her. She's 18 now. Okay. Well, it doesn't end. I mean, mine, mine are yeah. grown and parents. Yeah. And it's still, it's a maternal instinct with it. And I think just by doing that, you know, like, I'm like, you need me, I'm there. And, and, and that kind of taught me the discipline of I can drop things. I can have those days where I'm like, nothing is going to happen today. You know, I'm going to walk my dog 17 times. And maybe drink 15 cups of coffee and that's going to be okay. And that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is giving ourselves permission to be. Yes. Yes. And no, nobody else's definition of what time we need to be someplace. Not to, I mean, we, it's a mental health day. I mean, we all have to take yeah. a mental health day. And I guess protecting yeah. her mental health is very important to you. Oh, obviously. But you know, what What surprised me um, that I kind of joke about now is no one died. You know, I could uh, not get my work done one day and the sun still rose yeah. the next day and it all worked out and I wound up getting it done when I needed to. Like it, it wasn't the kind of paradigm by which I lived my life. I, I didn't need to lock into that. Things still kind of worked out even when I was a little bit it's, more relaxed or flexible. It's so true. I mean, it's just so true. It's what years, that's what wisdom gives us in aging is the ability to yeah. look back and say, it's fine. Yeah. Then, then what's the essential oil, the essential, essential oil kit for a college bound kid? Oh my God. A lot of immune support. Yeah. They all get sick. They all oh, have. Uh, they all come home. Mine all came home with mono. I'm like, who yeah. are you kissing? Everybody? Yeah, oh, I know, I know. Because two of them got mono and were so sick from mono. But they said everyone gets it. And they were like, they would share drinks in the dorm. And then I'm sure they're making out with so-and-so. And they're all sick. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, honestly, I think it's that freshman drinking thing. Yes. Like they put their cup down. So, yeah. Yes. So, um. I sent my daughter with parasympathetic, 
uh, which is for stress. We have um, our version of thieves, which we call immune support. Yeah. And I just tell her to put it on the bottom of her feet. And then we have one that's I call breathe. It's a lot of eucalyptus oh, that you can wonderful. put over your throat so that when they get strep or mono or whatever, yeah. it kind of helps with the symptoms. And then she actually, she's such a cute kid. She's like, I want these. So um, we also have one for sleep that I call a circadian rhythm that yeah. she likes. Um, one, you know, for adrenal support that she likes when she exercises, she okay. thinks it helps her run faster. All right. What would you do for that? Because what she, what we all have trouble with, but especially in college, that adrenal fatigue, because we're firing cortisol at nine o'clock yeah. at night, not at nine in the morning. Yeah. So what do you yeah. do to regulate that? Well, that's, I mean, you know, some of the adrenal remedies are what are known as adaptogenic yeah. herbs. And what I love about adaptogens, especially for the adrenals, you know, it's not like it's a flat line, like... If anyone has ever had their saliva tested, you're supposed to have high cortisol in the morning to give energy to get up. And then during the day, it kind of wanes so that it's lower at night so that you're able to fall asleep. So what adaptogens do, if it's low in the morning, it'll bring it up. If it's high at night, it will bring it down. It kind of meets you where you're at and Goldilocks you, like makes everything just right. So I just tell her to put it on her low back and um, that's what she does. And, you know, it just helps like... If she's running a race, it kicks in and supports her. If she's anxious and kind of spinning for a test, it calms her down. It's just good that way. So you actually are treating the actual organ. I mean, you are getting as close to the organ that is affected by the throat. You know, you said the breathe goes Mm -hmm. on the throat because of respiratory issues. That's exactly what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. And so our adrenals are on top of our kidneys in the back and they're tiny little things that fire adrenaline, but too much of, you know, people in the foxhole too long get adrenal fatigue and women who bury their children and have an ex-husband go to prison also so were you drinking that stuff during all i mean honestly you had to be doing things to protect yourself yeah i was pretty much i mean it's funny like the election i i was joking i'm like i can either be an alcoholic or put this on like every five seconds so yeah (laughs) i was using a lot of parasympathetic but I also, I mean, in, in fairness, I move a lot. Like I'm a, I'm a fidgety soul. I have dogs. So I take a lot of walks and that very much helps me. Um, I'm pretty religious about sleep. You know, I, I so always important. try to get to bed at a reasonable time. It's basically eat, sleep, move. Like that was the other thing I forgot to say. In the first stages of grief, you know, because everyone's trying to give you advice. And sometimes it's things that really aren't beneficial until like a couple months in. But someone said to me, all you need to do is eat, sleep and move. And I was like, that's manageable. Well, it just, I think that sometimes too much is too much. So if you can just distill it down to, because I mean, it's very hard when, when you're grieving, like, um, you know, the reason people lose all this weight is that they forget to eat or they have no appetite. Yeah, they totally forget to eat. But you need to remember, like, I need to eat. I need to fuel yeah. my system so I have energy and, and capacity. So, you know, and, and moving is great for the body, but it also helps you move through grief. Because I, I do feel like emotions are energy in motion. And the more you can move, the more you can release them. Well, if I'm doing the math, you know, I figure you're out of your 20s or 30s. And if you've hit 40 and beyond, that's a whole different uh, ball game too. Um, what do you do for women then that are approaching perimenopause during menopause and postmenopause because there's so many changes? Yeah. And so you kind of alluded to it earlier, like basically when you're in menopause, the ovaries stop producing certain hormones and the adrenals take over. So if the adrenals are strong going into it, 
it's a much easier transition. Oh, you have a lot fewer symptoms. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that happens is that the excess estrogen is eliminated from the body. Ideally, you know, it goes from um, the cell to the fascia to the lymph to the liver to the gallbladder to the gut to the toilet. But often it gets congested in the gallbladder uh-huh. and doesn't leave or gets reabsorbed. So the more you can ho- help support your drainage pathways, you know, your liver, your gallbladder, we do have oils for that. The, the more the old estrogen gets eliminated and not recycled so that your hormone balance stays in balance. You can't And so that's it. Yeah. really how I support it, you know, and then I also encourage people like take the Dutch test, yeah. figure out what's high, what's low. Yeah. You know, most of us, it's, it's a pretty easy guess that you probably need some estrogen and progesterone, but why guess when you can test? Yes. So do you prefer the Dutch, Dutch test is urine and then saliva test, obviously spitting in a tube. Do you yeah. uh, prefer the Dutch over any saliva testing? Um, I, I truthfully don't have strong opinions. I just, just work do with, something. And, and I, yeah, yeah. Basically, just, just kind of get a baseline of where you're at so that we don't, you know, like for, for me, for example, you know, often DHEA and cortisol is off. And so they try to supplement. I For me, it wasn't. So I didn't need that, you know. And sometimes it, it can oh, just be good. wasteful. Other yeah. times it can really throw you off. So like it, it is a science and let's get the science right. And that's just a good reminder that, yeah, there, it's just not a one size fits all, just as we're saying with grief or anything else. Um, yeah. Change, hormonal changes definitely are very unique. And we can't run to the supplement counter and say, well, my friend is taking DHEA and my friend yeah. is taking because that may not be the thing you need. Exactly, exactly. And they should find a health coach or a practitioner. Yep. Like, I just feel like you're so much better off knowing what's going on with you and then getting kind of a customized solution for wherever you're at. And of course, all your information will be in our show notes for the, the podcast. So people can definitely click on that link because you actually have, I guess they're proprietary blends that are unique yeah. to your business, right? Yeah. And that's what I really do differently. I mean, people are funny. The essential oil world is a little bit competitive and fear-based marketing. And I kind of feel like everyone's good. And if you love a company you're using, like keep them. That's wonderful. But I don't, I don't go to one supermarket. I go to five. Right. I don't have one friend. I have lots of friends. That's good. Some of them's like, you know, I have friends that I call when I want to cry and I have Uh other friends that are great when Uh I want to go to a party, Uh you know? And sometimes they're different people. So what I do differently, I feel like there's a lot of, especially for people who, you know, have any autoimmune condition or chronic ailment where they feel like they're very worried about doing it right. You know, like they've spent a lot of time, money and energy and they don't want to mess it up. They don't want to blend it wrong. So it's kind of done for you. You know, here's here's the exact blend. Here's exactly how to use it. So it's one less thing to worry about. And then also, if if we're honest, some oils, you know, like helichrysum, are super expensive. And there are some recipes where you buy the whole bottle and you only need a couple drops. And so that doesn't feel cost effective to me. So I try to have it pre-done for you so you can just buy the done solution as opposed to doing it yourself. And if you want to do it yourself, you know, I, I do have a book, Essential Oils to Boost the Brain and Heal the Body. And all of the recipes are in there so you can do it yourself. You know, I'm just trying to meet people where they're at to make it easier for them to um, use oils in a, in a way that kind of supports their uh, body and their system and regulation. Well, in boosting the brain, that is one thing a lot of perimenopausal women and people under a lot of stress will have is just brain fog. What do you recommend mm-hmm. for brain fog? 
Brain fog can have a lot of root causes. One of the things that I've noticed is it has to do with circulation, right? You know, if you think about where the head is on the body and and the neck is really the bottleneck between the head and the body. So sometimes what's happening with brain fog, often what's happening with brain fog, is that the good things like nutrient-rich oxygen can't get in and the bad things like pathogens and toxins and all these things can't get out. So when things don't drain down the neck, they stay in the head. And then the immune system responds and inflammation occurs and that's when you have brain fog. So the more we can help support drainage in the neck, you know, and this is where uh, topically applied essential oils are actually rock stars. Um, One of my friends, uh, Dr. Christine Schaffner, works a lot of chronically ill people and she's been taking kind of uh, sonograms, photography of the neck and finding congestion. And the way I like to illustrate that, like if you've ever sat in the middle seat in an airplane, like between two linebackers, oh, yeah. you know, the armrests, okay. you're not putting your arm anywhere. Right. You're congested. So if your lymph is congested or the vagus nerve can get infected or the fascia is constricted, nothing's moving. So you're not, it's like a traffic jam, right? So the more you can topically apply essential oils, we have a lymph blend, you know, mint is good, frankincense is good. And it's a downward drainage. So you're going to just want to, you know, go along your neck and just kind of gently drain down or the clavicles can be a bottleneck. You can do like kind of like gentle butterfly um, touches on the clavicles. You're just helping, you know, the garbage leave the brain so it doesn't trigger inflammation. You're also by kind of moving the lymph and making it less congested, allowing for more space for the vasculature. And, you know, we have a circulatory blend, um, a lot of oils, vasodilate, like peppermint's a great yeah. one, uh, black pepper, cypress is really good. You know, there are a lot of things that you can use, but basically what I'm trying to do is line up with the body and how it's supposed to work and just make sure that the body, you know, works optimally because when the body is working optimally, the good things get in, the bad things get out and, you know, nothing stays too long and you feel better. If a little is good, is a lot better? No. So how do you dose then? I tell people, well, one of the things that I'm kind of famous for, and one of the reasons I wrote the book is, you know, I think a lot of people are like uh, at an all-you-can-eat buffet, and they're like, I have every symptom, I need every oil. Right. And what I say <laughs> to that is, let's start with sleep. Because if you're not sleeping, it's going to be hard to heal. If you're not sleeping, you might crave sugar. You might have low energy. Yeah. You have you have all of these things. So let's just let's fix your sleep. And once we fix your sleep, let's reassess. And once they fix their sleep, then the next thing is stress. And most people do have stress. Like parasympathetic, we call it the gateway drug, but it's kind of most people, even if, you know, they're high functioning, we all have those days when, you know, kind of to your point of what's happening in your neighborhood. Like suddenly something external is um, alarming and scary. Yes. And so just regularly balancing our nervous system is great. And then the third thing is kind of detoxification and drainage because you have to make sure that the garbage leaves the body. And, um, you know, one of the, the two things that get a little constricted are your fascia and your lymph, you know. So most people are pretty good about supporting their liver and their gallbladder. Most people know if they're having regular bowel movements or not, but they don't necessarily know if if their lymph is congested. And if it's congested, then it kind of holds on to toxins. So just regularly moving, anything you do that puts your arms above your head, great. And, you know, there's dry brushing, there's any kind of like neck massage. All of these things are good to just make sure 
you know, it's, it's like brushing your teeth. It's preventative maintenance. And I would say, because of where you said you live in Seattle now, when I know it rains some, but glorious weather, you know, you're outside probably a lot. We do in Arkansas have about 10 minutes worth of cold weather. And then we have summer where I think it's more humid. I don't think hell is as humid as our summers are here. So is part of your therapy too, just for your body, is that you are outside, you are, like you're saying, you are moving. And then when you're going outside and moving, do you have essential oils on under your vagus nerve? I do. Well, you know, I told you that I kept that kind of like makes me feel better journal, makes me feel worse journal. Every time I would notice, and they're very pretty places in Seattle, and even, you know, like um, yesterday was a bizarrely hard day. If I can go outside to a pretty place and move or I can go to a yoga class, I always 100% of the time feel better at the end. Sometimes it's hard to get myself there because yeah. I feel so, you know, yucky. And I, whatever, it's like my own head of, they, they say if you want to go running, it's not about going running. It's about just getting your shoes on your feet. Yeah. And once your shoes are on their feet, you'll get out the door. So I kind of just try to get myself there. And once I'm there, I start to feel better. Isn't it funny how really, I guess, uh, you know, I'm not complaining about the Industrial Revolution, but we, we've we over-industrialized even our exercise, even our yeah. re- relaxation, when really, if we just walk outside with no shoes on and get on the grass, you feel better. I mean, like, yep. pain goes away. And it's exactly. because we think, well, I have to get in the car and go someplace and join that gym and lift those expensive weights. Yeah. No, really, you can just go outside and get sunlight. And it's amazing what how you'll feel better. Exactly. Um, you know, Joe Malone, the fragrance queen of the UK, she started that line like, yeah. 30 years ago or 40 years ago. I started buying it probably 20 years ago and she sold it, I think maybe like Estee Lauder or somebody else has it now. But her story was she would be in her English garden and just gather lilac and lavender and she started making these fragrances and how it appealed to people so is that kind of how you were just in the forest and going oh i love the way eucalyptus smells and it makes me feel better oh i love this no it's it's a different process for me um and it's it's interesting i i think i told you i'm dating this guy who's like a champion fly fisherman and just watching him he's got what they call fishy sense and what that means is <laughs> no he just knows That's he funny. like knows what part of the river he knows when a hatching is going to occur like it's almost like he's tapping into the field and he can read it and that's how it works for me with plants i get a very clear intention of what i want to do and then it's almost like a download. Like I can see, wow. uh, sometimes it's more vague. Like sometimes it's like it's it's flowers. And so I have to kind of narrow it down. But it's almost like I, um, I know what I want to achieve. And so it's just finding the right, you know, like uh, for lymph, it was like expansion and also grounding. So that downward yeah. movement, yeah. you know, and I just start trial and erring and, and playing with it in my mind. And then I kind of have the recipes somewhat formulated in my mind. And then I um, do different versions and, and test it myself. And then I have uh, friends that help me test it. So it's it's a pretty intensive process. It's not um, just this smells good. Uh, yeah, because they're, they're medicinal. I mean, and mm-hmm. sometimes medicine doesn't smell good. Well, but also it's it's fascinating when you combine things, you know, like even think of some of the recipes that you eat, like sometimes yeah. they'll put things in salads that you're like, that's such a 
curious choice, but it tastes amazing. So you never yes. know. Yeah, that's exactly right. Do you keep, uh, so to diffuse or not to diffuse? I mean, you could, I, I kind of, here's what I really think. I, I'm all about efficiency, right? And the most efficient way to use an oil is to literally smell it from the bottle okay. because it goes directly into your nose. So right. you don't need to diffuse and have a whole room full of it. Okay. Again, if you love that and it makes you super happy, like I never take anyone's coffee away because if you love coffee, I'm not taking that from you. But in terms of efficiency, I find smelling and then I actually find topical application. I think that most people are so digestively compromised that when you ingest it, it's not necessarily getting into your system. It might be like through the mouth. Like there, yeah. there is a lot of assimilation through the mouth. So that could be where it's happening. I don't think it's happening in the gut. But um, in terms of topical application, most people consider it kind of like a local versus systemic experience. Like if you put something on your wrist, you know it helps your wrist, but it doesn't occur to you that it could help your low back. But when you put something topically on an acupuncture point or a reflex point, that has a different pathway in the body. So I find that to be a super efficient way to use oils. Okay. But again, if, you, if you're drinking your oils and diffusing it and you love it, like keep doing it. I'm not going to tell you to stop what you love. Well, since I've removed um, all the fragrances and it's very hard from uh, my laundry and so many other things, yeah. I'm just now putting essential oils in a bottle. And yeah. Maybe I put, I don't know. What do you mix it with to get it to spray well? I mean, you can mix it with witch, witch, witch hazel okay. and water. Okay. Like I the, you know, there are a lot of recipes yeah. and you, you, it's hard to do it wrong. Um, but those, so will those oils then stain our clothes? Some of them do. Like um, the blue ones, you know, like blue tansy yeah. can. You have to be careful. Okay. Yeah. I mean, lavender probably won't, but. Okay. Now I'm smelling. So I have my essential oils right here and I just smell it. Now I will say this. Um. I have, I mean, I, I'm from Russian Jewish descent. My people are tough. But Me I, too. I, I, I mean, my skin is tough. My hair is black. But I've got some redheads that one time I put a little essential oil on that redhead and it almost burned a hole in her skin. Are there yeah. sometimes you have to have carrier oil? I mean, is there something? Should I put, yes. should I put olive oil on it to make it easier? Because yeah. it doesn't yeah. bother me. So basically, uh, one, of the, one of my favorite application points is the bottom of the feet because the skin is really thick and there are a ton of reflex points. So there are oils that are hot, like oregano, thyme, cinnamon, yeah, clove. I, yeah, I think it was and, you, and what hot means is if you were to put a drop on the arm, it might feel red, it might feel warm. And so I do encourage you always, always, always test a super small amount to make okay. sure you're not reactive. You know, um, some of the citrus oils like lime, it's really interesting. It's, if it's pressed... You know, then um, if you put like lime on and it's pressed lime and go in the sun, that could cause photo damage. Oh, but if it. it's distilled, then it doesn't do that. So there are certain nuances. And that's one thing like, you know, our lime is distilled, so it's not going to have a photo reaction. But um, if you accidentally do put an oil on your skin and have a reaction, our tendency is to flush it out with water, but remember, water and oil don't mix. Right. So you're better off taking any oil in your kitchen. It could be coconut oil, it could be olive oil, whatever you have on hand, and just dilute it, and it will feel better. Okay, so it can you can be skin sensitive or some sensitivity yeah. to an oil. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah, absolutely. And do you cook with them too? With I don't, but you know, like I'm friends with Eric Zielinski. He does. Yeah. Um, you know, I. Just because I don't don't do it myself doesn't mean there's anything wrong with that. 
I just didn't know. I guess they're all food grade. Yeah, most of them are. I mean, the one thing that I do, um, Katie Wells Wellness Mama has a yeah. nice uh, oil pulling recipe that I like. Yeah. It's, I think, like um, half a cup of coconut oil mm-hmm. and then 30 drops of peppermint oil. And she puts them in little uh, candy trays. Oh. That that I, I like the peppermint for because it makes it taste like oil pulling is um, a great way to kind of pull toxins out of the mouth. But a lot of people use like sesame oil or if it tastes gross, it's hard to kind of keep it in your mouth for right. a while. But if it tastes like a peppermint patty, it's easier. Okay. Do you how often would you oil pull or do you? Uh, I go through phases. Um, I was doing it. It's funny. I, I don't have any cavities, but my gums used to be a crime scene. So I used hmm. to do it a lot. And then I realized um, my friend Trina has this company, Primal Life Organics, and she's yeah. got this dirty mouth toothpaste that I swear to God is life changing. Like I started using that and all of a sudden my gums are not a problem okay. at all. Yeah. Okay. So I find that slightly easier than oil pulling. Um, so I've been doing that instead. Yeah, the oil pulling, it's just, it's kind of monotony. You're sitting there just Yeah, squishing. yeah. Well, and it's, it's a little yucky feeling. It, yeah. It's odd. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it works. It's not bad. But I kind of feel like th- I, this is my thing. I'm always looking for like, what's the easiest, most efficient way to get from A to B? I and, like I, and I think oils work in that capacity a lot. Um, you know, I, I'm just always trying to find how do I do this in an easier, better way? Okay. It's a Friday afternoon that we're recording this. A lot of people might have a glass of wine. What essential oil are you going to have today for happy hour? <laughs> like, what will you do to kick oh. off your Friday night? You know, it's really funny. My favorite of our blends is um, small intestine support, which is good for boundaries. But it's a really nice combination of, like, citrus and florals. And I think it smells great. Like, a lot of my friends wear it as perfumes. Um, okay. I, I have been invited to a party tonight. So uh, sometimes I get overwhelmed with lots of people. So it helps me to kind of have uh, some boundary protection on because then I feel that. more confident. Uh, what's your website, just so if someone's listening and they can't get to the show notes? Uh, it's vibrant blue, like the color oils.com. Yeah. And I went, I just didn't have it written down. Sorry about that. Um, and again, that's in show notes and I loved everything about it. I mean, all the things I want to try all the, I am the person that is saying, well, I want that one and that one and that one and that one. Cause there's always a time you might need it. And then if someone comes yeah. over, you can go, Oh, I'll be right back. I'm a witch doctor. I'll be right back. No, that that's totally true. But I also, a lot of people that find me have like Lyme or some kind of chronic right. illness. And I feel like, you know, they've got their supplement graveyard of all the things that yes. they bought and didn't use. And so I just want to be respectful. That's very good. And we like um, efficiency. And you've, yeah. you've shown me some efficiency. God bless you. Good luck to you. And let's oil the nation. Maybe that's not the, <laughs> the, the unique, unique selling point we want to use. Uh, God bless you and have a great day. That's what I'll say. Thank you. Oil the nation. I'm such a weirdo. It's okay. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.